the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Hello! Welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name is Mark Isles and I'm the chief football writer of the Bolton News. Stranger things have been happening at Bolton Wanderers this week. Mystery. Conspiracy. Skullduggery. At 4.45 on Saturday afternoon, five strikers were seen walking away from Chester FC, having scored no goals. Nada. Zip. Zilch. Three days later, those same players were cited after a so-called friendly against Bradford City, having each scored a goal, and we're expected to believe that. Only two people can untangle this web of intrigue and secrecy. But sadly, Mulder and Scully were unavailable, and... Also, that popular cultural reference is way too dated. So you are stuck with me and Henry Hewitt. Welcome to the show that puts the Isles in exiles. And on this week's pod, one million kid Luke Matheson pops up for a trial, but will Bolton Wanderers sign him? Wanderers TV hits the screens. What can we expect? As the demand for a new signing reaches fever pitch, we ask, why all the drama? And we find out whether Yussi Askelainen actually ironed his gloves. But first, former Bolton Wanderers winger Jeff Smith is auctioning off a very special bit of kit that I thought was worth a mention. Uh, It's a player-issued 125th anniversary shirt for a game against Fulham. Um, Only 1,000 were made. Uh, It's the white, blue and red stripe one in case you're in any doubt. If you're interested in making a bid, then he's open to messages on Twitter. It's at JeffSmudger32. We'll include all this in the notes for the podcast, by the way. The auction closes on Sunday, July the 23rd, 2023. So get bidding, get in touch and get yourself a really cool piece of memorabilia. And now to introduce a man who's just told me off air that the Bradford City game never actually happened and that Ricky Lambert and Matt Letizia both raise excellent points. It's Henry Hewitt. I did not say anything. I, I did not say anything about those two. The, the game that didn't happen, maybe. Um, I mean, the fact that all five goals, all five scorers were strikers. I have my doubts. But, uh, no, uh, the other two. No, no, I didn't say that, Mark. You're completely lying. (laughs) Well, as uh, anyone will tell you, it is an anagram of my name. Um, I I mean, we'll start. I mean, we've had two two friendlies, or one and a half friendlies. I'm not even sure whether you can classify Bradford as a friendly. If if five strikers score in a forest and nobody's there to see it, do they make a sound? (laughs) That's what I've got to say. So, Chester on Saturday was... Oh, it was... I rarely feel like falling asleep at a game, but I very nearly did, I have to say. I did have a bit of a late night, in fairness, beforehand with the, with the missus, um, having a couple of uh, couple of tipples at the local. Um, so I wasn't in the best of shapes, but uh, my word, it was, it was quite tedious in that second half. Um, and after that game, everybody was a little bit kind of fancy about the fact that none of the strikes had really been looking like scoring goals. I know Durham got one at Curzon Ashton. The fact they'd been held by a non-league club, it was all a bit messy. 
nobody was particularly feeling particularly great about that. And then along comes the secret friendly against Bradford. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the thing with I can understand it because it's this question again. We we asked it a few weeks ago. Do you uh, well do results in pre season matter? Well, technically, no, we don't. Nope. But we do. You know, we do. We, we do that. You you still want to win the game, and when Bolton are. We we have memories of beating Longridge nine nil or whatever it was. You you go to these non-league grounds and think, oh, we could get a hat full here. And even at one one, I thought, oh, it'd be all right. We'll win three or four one in the second half, and it just never happened. Mm. So, um, I would rather win the matches in uh, the actual season, but um, so it isn't the end of the world. But I can understand why people are getting frustrated. I can understand why people are getting frustrated with the strikers. But as you said, suddenly we come to Tuesday afternoon. And uh, we've got the best strike force in the world. (laughs) That's the problem. That's the problem. I mean, ultimately, the the, the results really don't matter. It's it's almost a PR exercise. And that kind of lends to this theory that, uh, oh, you know, George Thomason actually scored all five of those goals, but they've... uh, Under the under the carpet, he's been slipped slipped a little bonus. We could just distribute these out to the strikers, shall we? I mean... Obviously, that's nonsense. Uh, number one, don't you think Bradford would have something to say about that? Oh, what are you saying? That we lost 5-2 uh, in a game that never happened. Um, it's It just shows you that people need some football. I think some, some real football, uh, whether that comes in a couple of weeks when the home friendlies start or whether that has to, we have to wait till Lincoln, but people are going stir crazy. It might be the heat. I don't know what's happening, but there are some wild and wacky theories out there at the moment um, on social media. Not that there's ever a time where there isn't any wild and wacky theories out there, but this seems to be. Um, the conspiracy theories are out in force at the minute, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they are. One of them was that because Santos had missed the two friendlies previous that he was off. Uh, I think a yeah. Wigan fan said he was off to Swansea randomly. <laughs> Uh, uh, but he he played on Tuesday, didn't didn't he? So we can yeah. put that in the load of rubbish category. I think there's a category next to load of rubbish which uh, I'm not allowed to mention, and I, and I think that's where that belongs. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of banter and such like, and and the problem being is that people don't seem to be able to have a filter, and it's probably the younger fans who probably don't know a bit, you know, about how the how the world works, but. When you are asking me whether a Wigan fan tweeting about Santos going to Swansea is f- true or false, just br- just have a have a breath, take yourself away from the laptop for five minutes, and then come back and see if you really needed to ask me that because it really, it really, really shouldn't need an answer from me. Um, you know, if if something, if if a real journalist, if if you know Al Nixon or if any of the any of the flipping football insidery things or whatever like that. If anything like that comes out about Bolton, uh, yeah, feel free. And, and I'll, I'll say what I can say. Um, but not not some flipping random who's just trying to get a, a rise out of Bolton fans. And there's lots of them as well. It's, it's that time of year. I think we just need to get back to the football. I need some real football to report on. Yeah, I need some real football to watch as well. Um, you know, I think it's just... I mean, I am glad that the Women's World Cup has started so I can actually watch some real football. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's... It's, you know, it's silly season, isn't it? Same with transfers. We'll get on to it. You know, the the fact that we haven't signed anyone. Oh, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, I've got to say. So, a signing could come in before this comes out. But um, we, we haven't signed anyone in... in three weeks so the season's over we're going to finish mid-table and 
the predictions that we recorded the other day, Mark, are all useless because uh, Bolton Wanderers, uh, what's the point of even starting the season? Absolutely. Just just to reflect on that, we did record our annual uh, predictions podcast um, on, what was it, Tuesday? Tuesday this week, of yeah. this week, and that's going to go out next Friday, not not the not the podcast you listen to now. This is a real weird timeline developing in my head. It's it's like the multiverse. <laughs> but yes, a, uh, in a week's time, there will be the predictions podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, like you say, it's all out the window because ultimately Bolton, there's no point in even starting really. You may as well just step down to League Two because that is the end of the world as we know it, uh, as REM once sang. Um, but can they save it? Can they save it? They've got Salford on Saturday. Go there, beat a League Two club and play well, and then suddenly it's sunshines and rainbows. Yeah, um, I mean, Salford are a good team. And so it's, you know, even if we got beat, unless we get hammered, it's I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it, you know, I, I think it is about, it's, it is about the patterns of play and getting used to that. But, you know, you I, again, you as a fan, you do want to see the strikers scoring goals. You want to see the team winning. Uh, we've got the West Brom and Everton games after that, and then it is the real season. If you offer me now three defeats in the next three uh, pre-season friendlies and then a winner against Lincoln, I, I know what I'm going to take. I'm going to take yeah. a win against Lincoln until we get beat. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, as I said, it's silly season, but uh, I'm glad we, we did get the, the win on Tuesday, even though, as we speak now, there is no actual proof that uh, any of that happened, apart from the <laughs> picture of the lads walking off the pitch. Uh, but um, but I'm glad we had that win. I'm glad they all scored because it was getting to the point where people were just getting a bit nervous. And I, I think that would rub off on the players as well, which is, I can't blame people for being nervous, but I don't want the players being nervous. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've seen that picture and sheeple like you, sheeple like you will think that that's a real picture. But if you look closely, it's clearly, clearly it was filmed in the green screen. Clearly, <laughs> if you look at Santos's right boot, it's just 45 degrees at a wrong angle. So he was clearly heading in the opposite direction towards Swansea, obviously. Um, mm. uh, Dear me, when will these people wake up? I need to get myself a, 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 a truth podcast like you make, Dara. That's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the we the can, real we hard truth it. with Mark Isles. <laughs> yeah, uh, God, I mean, some of the stuff that happened... Over the last five or six years with Bolton, I'd love to listen to that. Oh my word! Yeah. Well, once uh, once I get a chance to sit and write that all down, and then employ an army of lawyers uh, to look through it, I think we'll we'll be fine. I think my memoirs should be worth a read. Um, okay, right. Let's move on to something equally spurious, equally ridiculous. Some transfer rumor gossip, consumer. But anyway, um, it's 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 the time of the week uh, at the time of the year where these weird and wonderful things crop up on social media and elsewhere. And, you know, we give Henry a little platform here to uh, to, to ask me um, whether or not there's anything in it, whether I think there's anything in it. Uh, bearing in mind, I don't know it all, but uh, I can at least 
um, give you some sort of steer on things. So let's go, Henry. Uh, right, first one, and this came out from the B-team game uh, against Longridge. Uh, Luke Matheson, who people will remember from his Rochdale days. Mm. Uh, I watched back his goal against Man United, and the first person to join him in the celebration... Aaron Morley. Aaron Morley, yeah. So uh, uh, he's apparently on trial with us. Uh, he was at Wolves, wasn't he, last? So what's happening with this one? I read your article, actually, uh, you put out today. It was quite informative of what's happened since that goal against Man United. Mm, I, I think he's a, a bit of a crossroads. I, I'd be interested to know, and I've not spoken to the lad himself, but where his head's at, really, with it. Because he's obviously had quite... Um, an education background. He wanted to get his GCSEs, his A levels. He's he's a bit abnormal in that respect to a, to a lot of footballers, and I know he had plans to go to university. So uh, whether or not he, he wants to do that, whether or not the B team suits him in doing that, perhaps it does. Um, perhaps that sort of route does suit him. He's only twenty years old. Don't forget. I know it looks and it feels like he's been around for absolutely ages, and that he should be playing at the top. But actually. You know, people progress at different levels. You've seen Luca Cunell, for example. He's, uh, you know, spent a good few years knocking around doing very little up in, in Scotland with Celtic and Queen of the South. Then all of a sudden, when he was ready to go, bang, he's played for Barnsley. Now he's one of the best players outside the top two divisions, I would argue. So I think there's plenty of time there. There's nothing set in stone with Bolton at all. He's literally only on trial. Uh, they've, they, I, I put it to the club. The club of have basically said, look, he's on trial, he's a local lad, he's coming back from injury, we've done him a favour. There's there's no, there's no, nothing really to say at this minute in time. So, at the minute, I wouldn't get too excited that he's going to be the you know the answer to Bolton's right-back problems, if indeed there is a right-back problem. Personally, I think Dakers Cockley's quite a good player. But, uh, yeah, I think give him some space to breathe. Let's have a look at it. I'm interested to see what Ian Everett's got to say. I'm sure after the Salford game, he'll, he'll say his bit and, and say where he's at, whether he whether he fancies him at all. We've heard, of course, these his past free transfers. So it would be... It'd be I, I don't think he's factored in as one of these players that he's been talking about, the, the top-level players or the players you know who is waiting for a championship club. I don't think he's one of those. He would be a bonus. It'd be a hell of a bonus. I mean, to work, especially if he did work in the B team, I think that'd be quite an interesting premise for me. What about you? Yeah, because, you know, considering that he moved to Wolves for a million pounds, what, three or four years ago? It's, yeah. I think for him to be in the, the B team is, uh, I mean, I guess, though, if you take his name out of it, a player that was in the Wolves B team who got released, it would make sense that he would then turn up in, at Bolton's B team. So I guess that would make sense. But I think. Uh, um, yeah, he's he's got the talent clearly, and reading in your article about some of his quotes that he was saying about that he doesn't want his career to be defined on a goal against Man United when he was mm. sixteen. I think he's he's you know he said there he's got an education, he's quite a smart lad. So um, I, yeah, I think he's he's hopefully got enough there, and uh, yeah, be, it would be ironic considering that you know Davis Codley came in of many people thought he was an understudy to another right back and he would go straight to the front of the queue and, and get an understudy himself maybe that's the thinking behind it maybe they thought well this this guy has performed better than what we thought he was going to do straight away so he's going to be our number one and we need a number two yeah yeah I, uh, it's interesting I, I, I'm I, I don't know what they're going to be doing yet is, is the bottom line but I do think it's a, a really interesting one I'll keep my eye on it I'm, I actually hope he does 
get a deal. I really do. Obviously, the other thing is he's been at Wolves on a million pound contract. He won't be on shirt buttons. I'm sure as far as B team wages are concerned, there would be <laughs> there's no way he'd be on the same sort of money. But he does come across as the sort of lad who maybe will realise that he won't come in with inflated demands and all that. He doesn't seem to be the guy that's you know led by his agent and all that kind of thing. He does seem to have a head screwed on his shoulders. So maybe he sees Bolton as a good place to learn. We'll see. Yes, uh, the next one in the transfer rumours, Jack Hunt. Uh, so this came out probably over the weekend, was it? Maybe just a bit before. Yeah. Um, what do you think is, is, I guess we are in the lookout for a, a replacement for George Johnston for the season. Is, is this the kind of player that would make sense? Well, I touched base on this one last week and, and I, 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 I don't, I, I've, I caught kind of doubling down on the, I don't think he's in Bolton's, uh, radar. Uh, Huddersfield were one of the teams that were linked with him. They've also come out and said, no, nah, it's, it's not not for us in their local press. QPR was another one. He's one of these guys that's, that's I, I suggest, he's been offered um, maybe a contract in QPR and he's based in the north. Maybe his agent has linked a couple of northern clubs just to try and shake things up. At the minute, um, especially with what, with what Ian Everett said about having moved on from free transfers, and he did qualify it with a kind of a pretty much and, you know, he's, he's almost certain and that kind of thing. So I don't think it's like 100% you are not having any free transfers. But I think he is concentrating on those permanent buys. And, and obviously, Jack Hunt is a free agent at 32. Does he fit the mould? As far as a positional sense, he's a very, very good uh, kind of right back slash right wing back. But does he, yeah, does he quite fit it? I've always thought he was a little bit more... Um, uh, industrial, for what of a better word, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I've been wrong before, but I just, it doesn't it doesn't smell right to me at all. Uh, so moving on to the B team, then mm. um, we mentioned Luke Matheson. Is there any other trialist in the building, or anyone we might know of? Well, there's one mystery trialist at uh, at what's it called Longridge last night that I'm not sure, I'm still checking as we're talking here. Um, somebody recorded the podcast early, so I didn't have a proper answer for it. But <laughs> <laughs> They have had one player on loan, though, uh, mysteriously, um, from a club, a semi-professional club called Flackwell Heath, would you believe, down in Buckinghamshire. Um, and his name is Jamie Ayres, he says, just bringing up the message that I got. So uh, there is, there's a buff exclusive. Um, there's a, a, a trial for a semi-professional guy in the B team. Don't know whether he played at Longridge um, the other night, but um, there were a couple of trialists in that in that team. Um, I think it's a, this time of year, especially for the B team, they're going to be entertaining quite a lot of trialists. It's why we send reporters along just to keep an eye. Dan did a great job going down to Longridge um, and spotting our uh, Luke Matheson story um, live at the scene. That's that's great. I'm sure lots of other people will have spotted him. He's dead easy to uh, to recognise, isn't he? Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, with a bit of luck, we'll uncover a bit more on that as well. And finally, um, we're going to talk in, in the headlines about Ian Everett's quotes after the Chester game, but one of them was that uh, he ex well, he'd like a player in before the mm. end of the week. Now, whenever he said this sort of thing before, it gets to and as a you know, point out again, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, so who knows, this rumour might start on Thursday. But it tends to be a, a one or two names that are being dotted about. 
but there's none really. Mm. So do you think uh, he was being a bit hopeful? Do you do you think they could get us a um, you know get us a new player in before the end of the week? Well, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, I can't give any guarantees for it. I, I've certainly not got anything and anything at this minute prepped on any player or anything like that. There's been a couple of names that I've heard and we'll wait for a bit more information before I, I do anything with them. But the the bottom line is he's under pressure or he, he probably feels under pressure to make that next signing. And he, he's under pressure to make sure that that signing is a bit of a declaration of intent because I'm sure he realises that the, the fan base is a bit nervous. Um, there is... There, well, there are questions as to whether this squad at the minute is good enough to go for automatic promotion. I think that's... And they're fair ones as well, with knowing what Bolton lost with Trafford and Bradley and with Kieran Lee and Kachunga and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Is this squad stronger than last season's? No, I don't think it is yet. And it's a big yet. They've got, as we sit here, about six weeks left before the window closes. And... When we asked him, okay, well, bring us up to speed, he said, well, you know, one, one, maybe two are progressing okay, so we, we hope that next, by the end of next week uh, there'll be something good to, to... But I'm not for... And a lot of people do it, and this is, this is one of my pet peeves, really, but hanging people out to dry on quotes after games and things like that, it's just so immature because he's answering questions live and he's giving the what well, whatever truth he had at that moment in time but that might not apply 3 days later you know it, it it might have changed he might have gone out of there got a phone call in the car on the way back oh listen i, I want to take another week to to think about that and then what he said isn't wrong it's just what he said at that time and it gets reported and that's uh, you know that's unfortunately the game that we're in that quotes are not always just necessarily thrown straight out as soon as they happen um, so I, I feel for him a bit on that because I do feel that some people just sit there just raking over old quotes and just hoping that they can trip him up or, or say that he's contradicting or this kind of, and, and it really is, it's, it's a poor shout to be honest, because it doesn't take into consideration, consideration, any sort of context at the time and when it was said and how it was said. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think as, I mean, in, it may be, fans defence is that there will be a lot of people that are getting excited and counting down totally. the hours until the yeah. end of the week but mm. uh, yeah I think you're right I think he's it's it's so funny when you think about it so Bolton have made what like four or five signings so mm. far this window if Bolton had made these one like within with a week's if, over the last five weeks if they'd have made one a week no one would I don't think anyone would be that mm. You know, as concerned as what they are now, it's just they made five free agent signings, maybe not on Lundley, but you know, at least four free agent signings. Um, and actually, then the, Forrester was the, a signing as well, so they've, they've actually oh, bought they bought Forrester, they bought Lundley, and they've beaten other clubs to Dacus Cogley and Baxter. So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying the strong squad, so the strong, it, strong ugh, the squad is stronger put my teeth back in um but they've done all right to get to where they are they've just moved on to the next kind of phase of their recruitment and it's it's probably taken a little bit longer and of course it's given people room to think about the ones that didn't go off or didn't come off and the wilson yeah. thing if the wilson thing and we've said this on the podcast before if the wilson and the backers thing hadn't been leaked out 
Nobody would be any the wise. Everybody would still be a bit nervous about, oh, we've not made any signings. But I don't think there'd be the, the, the air of negativity that there was. And, and this is why clubs fight so hard to, <laughs> to stop people like myself putting stories out there. And I appreciate the irony of me saying it, but that is, that's, that's why they do it. It's because when you miss one, it looks or it reflects badly on the club or on the, on the manager. And then people want to know why. And then that ends up being inflamed again. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation. Yeah, it is. Um, and hopefully we, we are going to the start of the season. And he, you know, Again, we'll we'll mention this in in the headlines, but you know he has said that the the players he looks to bring in, they are already pre season training. If, if mm. he's a free agent, then they've not been training. They might take six weeks to get fully fit. These players are going to be fully fit, so uh, it won't be as you know. So in effect, they could sign them the week of the the first game, yeah, and they can come back in, come straight in, and, and play for us. That sounds like we're teeing up some headlines, Henry. Let's go for it. News. Now, the first headline is going to be, you'd guessed it, <laughs> Ian Everett wants four or five new signings. Um, so, four or five new signings. He said mm. that uh, they tending to come from higher up in the pyramid mm. or they're, they're also wanted by teams higher up in the pyramid I mean you spoke to him on Saturday do you do you feel he's under pressure or like because I think to come out and say we're going to have four or five new signings it's a bold statement to make he's not sitting on the fence which we have expected uh, from <laughs> him he never tends to but you know he, he's he's getting a lot of people's hopes up. Do you think there was a little bit of pressure there or is that just Ian Everett being Ian Everett? I think it's, it's, it's very much Ian Everett being Ian Everett. He, I don't think he knows how to sit on a fence. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, I, he is well aware and I don't think there's been any Bolton manager who is across the, the feeling on social media, the feeling it, just generally speaking in the, in the fans and, and as, and uses that kind of to shape what he's saying and how he's feeling. And that's you can say that's right or wrong because it, it can mean that you end up being a bit emotional on stuff and, 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 and getting wrapped up in stuff that really most managers would just kind of throw under the table. Um, but he knows there is an expectancy. He knows there is a, a feeling of nervousness that's circulating a bit because the club have said, we are going to be going for top two. And the squad at the minute, I think it's fair to say, does not reflect that. Uh, or the signings yeah, don't, don't quite reflect that. I think the general mood is that they don't reflect that. Also, uh, allied to that, you've seen other clubs like Portsmouth and Charlton and Derby get quite a bit of business done. And it's generally regarded that their business has made them stronger and suddenly these clubs are stronger than Bolton. Now, I'm not sure that's necessarily the case because if you look at those three clubs, they all finished below Bolton with no signings added to them last season. Um, so I, I, I think they have got business done because they had to. They had to do that. Charlton have lost their best player in, in Raksaki from last season by a mile, by a country mile. Uh, Derby have lost McGoldrick. They've 
half the squad Paul Warren had last season he didn't want. So he's he's really having to change things there to get things like he wants them to be. Pompey underperformed for two-thirds of the season. They finished strong and I think they will be around the top come, uh, come the business end of this season. But there is a lot of churn there because, again, the manager there wants to do things differently. So they are clubs at different kind of ends of the scale to Bolton in terms of the, the kind of transition of where they want to be. Bolton, of you know, the squad that Ian Everett's got is pretty much the one he likes. And he's only trying to add to it now something that he thinks can make a difference. And you're not going to make a difference necessarily with free transfers. And that's why he's having to wait. He's having to wait for players who either other clubs want or or higher-up clubs want, rather, or that playing at a higher level. Yeah, and I think when you mention those teams there, you, you can add Barnsley to that list who finished yeah. above us last year, but and they're in, uh, seem to be in a bit disarray. But, um, you know, the, Bolton are probably the more most stable out of the majority of teams in League One. I think the only other stable teams, you might look at the likes of Bristol Rovers, for example, but they aren't going to finish in the top six or where Bolton want to finish. So, yeah, there are other clubs that are making a host of signings and, and great, you know, Charlton getting Alfie May, good for them, but, uh, and he could go on to score 20 goals, but we already have a 20 goal season striker in Dion Charles. Mm. So, we're looking at different areas and I think, um, yeah, I think Bolton, which is, is, it's ironic because I don't think Bolton have been in this position for a long, long time, probably since Big Sam, where we've got a stable team that are, are doing well and don't need an overhaul. And mm. that's why, yeah, we'll bring in, we might end up bringing in seven or eight new signings or 10 new signings. But the majority of the team that are going to play next year, the first 11, you probably can pick eight or nine of those now. Like you think up front, yeah, you can pick two or five. Um, midfield, you're going to look at Morley Dempsey as two definites, and then it's Sheehan or maybe a new Thomason, a new signing. In the set, in 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 the defence, you've got Santos. You know, you've you've we have already got players and told we've got already a a, a first eleven there. Mm. So it is different, and it's and also it's it's going to be difficult to tell players. There'll be some players who have got an option of a Portsmouth or a Bolton and they're going to go, well, I'm going to get 40 games at Portsmouth. I'm not going to get 40 games at Bolton because they've already got players who are settled. And also, uh, you know, it might be difficult for me to play five games in a row because there's someone else who can play. So, yeah, there's many factors going into it. The weird thing is as well, I, sp- I speak to a lot of my colleagues out and about in in, in the uh, in the UK, in League One, spoken to... Swanee at uh, at Peterborough and James at Wickham only this last couple of days, and every single one of them is saying, "Well, Bolton are going to be top two this season." Well, I like the look of this business that Bolton have done. The bit, the, the nervousness and the the expectancy is very, very internal at Bolton. Elsewhere, everybody's looking at Bolton's squad and saying, "Yeah, you've got a real chance this season." Maybe not Wigan, but aside from Wigan, yeah. <laughs> um, everybody else is looking. I think even at Barnsley, I th- you know, I'm sure that Barnsley are looking and thinking, "Oh, crikey! Well, you know, we've lost Anderson. Bit of uncertainty going on about the the possible points deductions and a few other things. New manager, what's this going to be like?" This and they were rock solid last season. They were the guys that apparently were going to be absolutely flying and, and winning the whole thing. All of a sudden, not not that sure about that anymore. So, I think 
stability is not a bad thing for Bolton. And just calming down would be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, if I said on the podcast last week, do I think this first 11, and I, I know there may have been some people that laugh at me because of the results that we've had, well, the result we had at Chester, but this first 11 can beat Lincoln and it can beat Cheltenham and Wigan mm. and Fleetwood and Burton. So, you know, it, and the next point, as we mentioned before, of, of what Ian Everett said was that the players won't necessarily take time to bed in. Mm. So if you've got, you in that case, they can wait until the end of August to make these signings. Uh, say, say, let's say ballpark bid is three or four signings. He can wait till the end of August knowing that, well, these players, they've got an international break in, uh, in September and then after that they're ready to go so it's yeah I don't I just it does make me laugh and I, I can understand it of course I can but it does make me laugh when I read especially on social media uh, or you're listening to Bolton fans elsewhere and, and people are really panicking you do you've got to smile because for once in my eyes for once we are very stable and we've not been for a long time yet as we know stability is boring within football <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, ultimately, if he's, he's targeting players that are playing at Premier League level or they're, they're currently out with Premier League teams on the European tour or the world tours, or players he feels that you know are aiming even higher level, they're waiting for championship offers or what have you, what he said was that these players are hopefully, we're recruiting them for a reason, we are, you know, they, they hone them down, they're not just randomly picking players that are just available or might be available it's not championship manager there's not a there's not a list that you can just suddenly bring up and decide you're going to sign somebody um they've been looking at these guys for a while so they're not just going to suddenly lurch at different players just because they suddenly become available it's it's a very targeted thing and they feel that by doing that they reduce a the risk that they take and b they reduce the risk of them not settling. Now, it's not a f- infallible thing. Of course it isn't. And I think they saw in January, of course, there there are there are issues sometimes. And Lundlu, Adbejo, Jerome, none of the January signings settled absolutely straight away. Williams, uh, Charatiri, they were all the same. It was a window. They got over the line. They did what they needed to do. But I don't think you could hold your hands up and say any of them settled brilliantly. There were a few reasons for that. Uh, you know, and Lundlow had been playing at Cheltenham, ended up getting a hamstring injury. That was out that window. At the you know, he, he had pressure on his shoulders coming from Burton. He'd scored goals, but it, it was the that was more tactical. He probably needed time on the training ground. Didn't really get it towards the end of last season, so he will hopefully, fingers crossed, get better this. Uh, you know, towards the beginning of this season, I think he will. I've I've got a bit of faith in that. Um, Williams was already showing. I think his was just, uh, he hadn't played at all. He was already showing by the end of the season that I think he belongs there and why they why they targeted him. Um, and, and Jerome probably just didn't get the football, so we kind of dis- you can discount that a little bit. But I don't think it's, you can't just continually beat people over the head with that one. Um, I think what he said about the, the quality of player he's bringing in doesn't necessarily mean that he's contradicting the fact that he said that these players need some time on the training ground. There, it's it's far more nuanced an argument than just straight. He said this or he said that. Yeah, uh, right. Well, let's move on to uh, Wanderers TV, which officially launched this week. Uh, we've been told uh, of all the details about it. Uh, you had a chat with Neil Hart, 
uh, which was it was it brought up Wanderers TV in your chat with Neil Hart? Yeah, yeah, we've um, we've been after doing this for quite a while because a lot of people, particularly the international audience, wanted to know what it's going to look like, what it's going to cost, etc. Is it going to be more expensive than I follow? Important thing to differentiate: Wanderers TV is there is the club's content. It's their interviews, the behind-the-scenes stuff, video stuff. A lot of the stuff that was going on YouTube is likely to be monetized now. So I think there is that to get your head around. Um, it was mentioned in a previous interview that I'd done with Neil Hart that it's it's possible that they may uh, paywall, put stuff behind the paywall, and then maybe bring out clips to show other people. So there will still be free-to-wear content, I believe. But the full stuff or... Maybe some exclusive stuff. I don't know what the plans are, but that is going to be costing £5 a month and I think it's £50 a year. Um, so that's that's their choice. They you know they think they can monetize their content. It's a tricky thing. As somebody who does exactly the same thing, I can tell you it is a tricky, tricky business. Um, telling people that they have to pay for stuff that they've got used to not paying for is not an easy thing, believe me. Um, so it's up to Wanderers to prove that that's worth it, and I wish them luck with that, no problem. Um, the the difference between that and the iFollow or the uh, the club match stream, um, the match stream will continue to be £10 for us in the UK, £10 a game. Uh, for international people, I believe there's, there's an early bird, I, I want to say it's £140, I, I can't remember, but I think it's £140 until September the 1st. So if you're listening to this out in the US or Australia or New Zealand or, or everywhere else that you listen to us and you want to listen to Bolton Wanderers games, then you need to get the match stream pass, um, which is separate for us in the UK um, with the, the Wanderers TV stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with that, On particularly uh, who the commentator might be. There was a little bit of conjecture as to, uh, to whether it was... Uh, Derek Clark, or whether it was uh, Jack Dearden, or whether or not they got Clive Tilsley involved, or uh, I don't know. I don't know. Any any uh, preferences, Henry? I, I know you're a you're, you're a massive uh, you're, you're a massive fan of uh, of Harlan. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, he, he's got. I've been hearing him in pre season when the club have been putting out the goal montages. Um, yeah. Uh, no, you never know. Clive Tills is from Radcliffe, so uh, he, he may he may want to fancy doing it. I've spoken to Clive not uh, not that long ago, weirdly enough, uh, and his good uh, lady wife over some stuff. Um, he sends those charts actually for the podcast. Um, top guy, top guy. It was lovely um, to speak to him again because I haven't uh, I haven't spoken to him for years. When I used to mix in those Premier League circles and really talk to the people that mattered. When you used to rub shoulder with with Motti and Tilsley and such like before a game. That those were the days. Those were the days. Um, oh, right, we'll let's be back on. there. We'll be back there, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have got to say though, on the I, I went on the the new website. I've signed oh, up yeah. to it. I've not I've not signed up to Wanderers TV yet, but we've got a while. Is it the the Everton and West Brom friendlies are going to be on that? Aren't That's they? right. It's, it's free to the end of the month, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I quite like the website. I went on the archive bit. I watched when we beat Tottenham four two. Some happy memories mm. um, and some other. So I think if they can add some more games to that archive bit, that was it great. a full game? Was it? No, well, the full game for the Papa John's Trophy final, but we got highlights of the uh, the Tottenham uh, 
game. But mm. I think the other ones, are, the other ones are your standard Bayern Munichs and and whatever. But uh, that was a random one in there, which is quite nice to see. I remember um, that one very well. That was like Kevin Davis' first game as captain, wasn't it? Uh, no, this is the four-two. Do you remember the one? Because um, that was the that was after Nolan left once. Yeah, it was. And that was three. Two. I think oh, was that three-two. This oh, right. was yeah. This was under Owen Kyle. I think it was a Saturday lunchtime. Oh, is that the yeah. one where Steinson had uh, Bale in his pocket? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, ah, so I yes. watched that one. Uh, <laughs> and uh, well, we'll talk about Steinson later in headlines. Yeah. For me, yeah, there you go. Uh, but before we do, um, the the club released the um, the match ticket prices earlier mm. uh, this week and the the prices have gone up i know uh this is something i think neil hart was was desperate to speak to you about and clarify yeah. a little bit um and he kind of said that the the single match tickets are on the rise mm. um which is quite interesting if you mm. think about it because i guess bolton's attendances have gone up so it would make sense yeah i, I don't think they've put any sort of price up since Football Ventures came in. It's all been fairly steady. So this is the first time they've ever dipped their toe into that particular water. And it's it's rarely a popular thing. But I must admit, I don't think I've had anybody complain thus far. Um, I haven't done the story yet. I've, I've spoken to Neil about this, uh, but he basically said that we, we had a, a thorough uh, consultation with the Supporters Trust and spoke about, listen, we're thinking about putting an extra couple of quid on uh, walk-up prices because we feel that obviously the best pr- the best price is obviously always going to be a season ticket holder but you know yourself Henry it's not always possible to buy a season ticket or to to, to know that you're going to be there every week so there are people that are going to, going to be affected by this um, there will still be three community days a week uh, a week um, a, a year a season that's the £10, £5 type of games. Yeah. And I think that's what they've announced as well for the um, the EFL Trophy tickets as well. So there's still loads of, of cheap tickets available, but I think they ha- they are putting an extra couple of quid on those who walk up and buy their tickets on the day. So, uh, I mean, I'm interested if anybody feels that's um good thing, bad thing or, or else, but I, I don't think it's so far created too much of a stir. So I'm I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, I was quite surprised by that. Um, as someone, as, as I've discussed on this podcast, I tend to work weekday evenings, so I don't have a season ticket, uh, even though I do tend to go pretty much every Saturday. So I, I should... Do you know what the, <laughs> the main thing that puts me off buying a season ticket? And you, this may, you know, it may not be an issue. Uh, but the main thing is, if you choose a seat and end up sitting next to someone who you don't like, you stuck with him for the season. Yeah, well, you as know, somebody I, who's shared a press box with Derek Clark and Jack Dearden for about 15 years, then I know exactly what you mean. But, um, you know, if you're sat next to the Jack Dearden, Bolton fan alike um, in, uh, in say, the North Stand Lower, mm. you stuck with him for the season. I don't want to go to every game thinking, I hope they're not here today. So, <laughs> um, I mean, at some point, if we get back towards the Premier League, you, I am going to have to have a season ticket because otherwise I won't get to the games because they'll be sold out. But, yeah, I think that's one of the things that puts me off. Who knows? Um, I'm, you know, maybe everyone else might not have that problem. Or there might be someone in the North Stand Lower who can send me there. Uh, who says, you know, I'm a decent person. I don't shout. I don't start, you know, swearing and having a go at the linesman and... Uh, and being raucous and, and whatever, come sit next to me. 
And if you send me your, your, your seat number, I'm happy to do so. But in case you get someone who is, then, uh, yeah, that might put me off a little bit. I think you definitely need to send in. First of all, I want to hear from people who've made unusual friendships um, at, uh, at, as, yeah. with their season ticket, because there's always some strange guy who you don't know by name, but you know because he sits, you know, he sits in N72 and he always brings pork crackling to eat at halftime. So I want to know all about them. But if you would like Henry to come and sit next to you at a game, especially those in the crazy corner, because I'd love to hear that one, um, <laughs> then please get in touch with the buff. And we'll try and make that happen because that would be hilarious. Let's move on. Oh, I'd, I'd sit in the crazy corner. Um, oh, well, you stand. You don't sit in the. Crazy I would corner. be looking for a new podcast co-host if you sat in the <laughs> crazy corner. <laughs> that would be turning to turning to the lion Vienna Street, won't it? I would be sending flowers to Mrs. Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the end of um, it. <laughs> well, one of the games where I can sit in the crazy corner because it's the only stand that's open will be the EFL Trophy uh, home games. Uh, they've been re- uh, announced. And uh, we've got Salford and Man United on the 21s at home. We've got Stockport away. As someone who lives in Salford, I was hoping that it would be Salford away, but, mm. you know, never mind. Um, so our title defence... We'll start uh, with Salford at home. Um, are you looking forward to going back to Edgeley Park? Uh, I've, I've not been there for a while, you know, because I, I had COVID when they lost the FA Cup ah. game. So I didn't do that game. I've, I've done loads down at Stockport. I used to work in Stockport um, when I was at the Macclesfield Express and used to go and cover Stockport games quite regularly. Um, it's it's a great atmosphere there. So it'll be a, a cracking game. Well, as, be, as good an atmosphere as an EFL Trophy group game can yeah. possibly be, I suppose. But um, yeah, it means that this weekend's game against Salford will probably be the first time that you know most people are going to be going to Moore Lane. Might be the last time people are going to Moore Lane with the way things are going because they keep on talking about moving grounds. So um, do get yourselves down there if you can do, if there's any space left. It's a teeny tiny ground. Um, but yes, it's going to be interesting. And do you know what? This week, I, this is why I wanted to talk about this one. So, did you see who rocked up at Manchester United and signed a short-term contract? Johnny Evans. What say you? He signs a short-term contract and just enjoys trading with the 21s. And so he decides to turn up when United under-21s play at Bolton Wanderers. Can you imagine it? Yeah, I think you'd uh, I, I be very lucky that there is... Uh... There's a lower attendance for that one because the, Johnny Evans will return to Bolton Wanderers at some point. People were hoping it would be the Everton friendly, and he's going to get a lot of stick, isn't he? Oh my word! I I, I'm, I appreciate that there are a lot of fans, probably even fans that are listening to this, that have no idea the history of Johnny Evans and Bolton Wanderers. But I think I will make sure there is a think piece in the paper. Uh, and on the websites for if any any gentle reminders are necessary. But we'll move on. We'll move yeah. on. Don't look back in um, anger. <laughs> uh, George Thomason scored on Saturday against Chester, and he's looking forward to uh, the new season. Ian yeah. Everett said he's been dominating pre-season. Um, he, he had a good start to last year, didn't he? And it tailed off through injury. Do you think this could be his season? I, I think George Thomason is really good at pre-season. He really is good at pre-season. Mm-hmm. Like he come... Ricardo Vazte was. <laughs> yeah, Vazte was excellent at pre-season. And darts. What a great darts player. <laughs> I had some cracking games with Vazte. Anyway, uh, yeah, Tomo is, is, is a, a cracking lad and you really want to see him do well. He needs to add more consistency in his game. As with most young players, it isn't really there. You'll get a, 
a purple patch like he had last season when he was undroppable, then you know things things start going awry and he's out of the team and he has to work his way back again. That's what he's got to add. He knows he is now of an age that is not necessarily considered as a young player. Spoke to him about this and you know, he said, look, there's no more free passes for me. I appreciate people are going to expect me to up my game now and to become a first team regular. And I'm OK with that. You know, this this is what I'm here for. So ever really impressed with the way he's come back. I think he was the best player on the park against Chester by a mile. Scored the goal, but he was everywhere. He was, he was centre back. He was playing on the wings. He was passing to himself at times. So, yes, I think... Um, I would like to see him. I, some, you, you like to see nice people do well in the game. It doesn't always happen, but I would like to see George Tom, Thomason go and make a success himself at Bolton. Yeah, I, this may be a bold thing to say because I know he, he is a bit marmite, isn't he, amongst some of the fan base? But it's I think mad. It's mad. Going off of what I've seen, especially at the start of last season, I think George Thomason has a full season. He has potential to be at one of our best players. I think you know he's always wanting the ball. He's he's not just. I think sometimes uh, with midfielders we've had in the past, they're very one-dimensional. You know, they're looking forward. They don't mm. turn with it. They just and and uh, he, I think he's got that about him. He can spray a pass out to the wings, and also he's got a bit of bite about him. Um, and I think he can become a real fan favourite if he gets a run of games. I think this has been the problem, is that he just hasn't had that run. He's always been. Uh, it seems to be injured. So. Hopefully, he can have a really. He, he, if he plays high thirties, forty games this season for us, I think he he can be one of our best players. Well, I hope I hope we get to test that theory. The injury didn't come along at a great time last season, did it? But uh, now, good luck, George. We're uh, we're rooting for you, mate. Let's move on. Yeah, well, um, back to the B team, and uh, there could be some long moves on the cards for some of the players. Some of the players that have been sort of sniffing around. Uh, the first team and the, like the opening rounds of the mm. um, the uh, Carabao Cup and the EFL Trophy. Uh, is this the next progression? Because we've got to remember that the B team is only what twelve months, two years old. So is this the next progression for them before the uh, like the Conicartis of this world before they get into uh, the first team? I think so. I think it's certainly the next step. Uh, the two players who stand out and, and ones that Ian Everett has talked to me about are Nelson Kumbeni the midfielder, and Max Conway, the fullback. So, Kumbeni, they're looking to get him out in League 2, if at all possible, because they feel that's the level that he needs to pitch himself at. Um, I suspect that Conway, being a couple of years younger, might well uh, might well be National League level. But he really did well at Buxton last season, and they want to see whether he can handle the next step up. And, and this is really the... This is the formula for most of those kids, is that you get them playing a certain way, then you need to test them out with regular football that's better than central league. And ultimately, they're not all gonna they're not all gonna succeed. But what the B team is trying to do is to try and give every single one of those guys a chance to have a career, a semi-professional career, or something in the game. That's what the whole game's about. And hopefully, one in every season, one in every couple of seasons, will then turn into a first teamer. And the only way of doing that is, like I say, going feeding through that kind of formula, um, playing games, teaching them how you want them to play, and then going and testing them out. So I like Conway. 
I, I think he's a, a decent player. Uh, every time I see him, he impresses me. He's done quite well um, in the three preseason games because he's been making up numbers there. Kumbeni, I haven't seen quite as much of, but Dan, who watches the B team very regularly, says he can handle the ball. He's, he's physical. He gets around the pitch. He's, he's got something about him. So there's a few like that. Inwood, they're talking uh, really highly about Inwood. We know about Luke Hutchinson. He's got a chance as, as a goalkeeper as well. So there's a couple. Um, Carty, obviously, out on loan at the moment, but he's definitely catching the eye as well. So there's a couple of players now that I think are starting to bubble, and that's exciting. So that's what the B team's all about. Yeah, and I think that is what it should be. This, this B team, it was always going to be a long-term process you know these we're not going to get players that are going in and then immediately are, uh, are in the first team I think it's it helps that there's an idea of that because I think sometimes in the past with Bolton you know you look at like Alex Sami Zerdi and uh, you know a few others who have who have played in the, the sort of reserves done really well but then the fans are like well why is he not in the first team and I think if there's an understanding that these players in the B team are it's a, it's a process, you know. It's yeah, you can do well for them, but then you've got to prove out, go out on loan. That's what happens in the Premier League, and that's why we end up with the likes of Conor Bradley, and then they can come back and, um, you know, and it could be a few years before they yeah. get into the first team. Now there's a, a process. I think that really helps, and it, it'll be good to see because, you know, for me, I really enjoy when we've got players out on loan. You can kind of see how they're doing if they play like if. Uh, Kumbeni uh, plays for a League Two team, and they end up on Sky, and you get to watch them. You're watching him. You see how is he doing, and it's yeah. it's very exciting. So uh, yeah, hopefully we can send a few out on loan. We can do well. Let's move on to the next headline. Uh, yeah, well, two more to go. The first one we mentioned him before. Greta Steinson has now got a uh, a job at Leeds United. Big changes at Leeds this week. Mm. Uh, he was it. He was it. Ironically, you mentioned that goal he scored. He was at Spurs, wasn't he, for a bit? He was, yeah, he was. I mean, I'm not sure if I was creating Gretzky's uh, CV that I'd make a massive play over the recruitment at Spurs and Everton that he's, he's been through. I <laughs> uh, did a really good job at Fleetwood, though, I will say that. Um, I mean, people will know I have a very high opinion of, of him as a person. I think he's, he's a, f- a fantastic guy, incredibly intelligent, uh, went through, uh, as soon as he finished playing football, not long after he'd finished at Bolton and and went straight into school, went all the way through learning how to be effectively a technical director, a director of football, that kind of thing. Uh, the Johan Cruyff Academy, I believe he studied at. Um, so he knows his stuff. He absolutely knows his stuff. and He's extremely well connected now. So Leeds have got a good operator. Um, I hope it works out for him because he'll, there's no question he'll be under a lot of scrutiny at Leeds. Very very much a fishbowl that place um if you'll excuse the peter risdale kind of pun but it's uh it, yeah i mean there's a huge amount of pressure on leeds now to uh, to consolidate and to come straight back up again there'll be a big budget there it'll be a it's a really tough championship this season in fact so um i hope he gets it right and also with new owners as well of course uh there should be uh, it should be quite an exciting season yeah it should and uh, yeah i mean leeds uh yeah, I saw their owner said this week that the Premier League needs Leeds United. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, no. but uh, I think the EFL needs Leeds more than the Premier League do. So there'll be uh, Sky Sports be needs bloody Leeds. I tell you what, how, how many yeah. times are they going to be on this season? Good grief! 
Yeah, I feel sorry for Leicester because normally a team like that comes down and Southampton, they're the big, big cheeses, but uh, no, Leeds are. So, um, yeah, good luck to uh, Greta Steinson. Um, and finally, the the last headline, and, and people may be listening to this podcast on the way to it, is the concourse sale at Bolton. It's running on Friday and Saturday afternoon. And, uh, yeah, the club are flogging all the old gear, whether it be uh, old kit or it be, I don't know, posters that were in the old concourse or dressing room or whatever. So uh, I, I read the uh, the report they put out on it, the article, and it seems like some of this stuff was is going for quite cheap because they were selling the, the, uh, selling the seats, weren't they, from the dugout, and they were going for, like, 400 quid. But it sounds like you can get a row of the old seats for, like, to 20 quid or something it's yeah it's, there's some good deals to be had there these padded ones i think were the director's box seats so behind the dugout ones the dugout ones were like the high back ones with the uh, yeah the the really the really posh ones but these are just padded seats that you know backsides uh such as sharon Britton or neil hart or <laughs> Nick Lucock, people like that will have had their backsides on them over the past uh, 12 months i'm sure um yeah i some of this stuff is is great i i i've got loads to do on friday and saturday absolutely loads whether or not i'm going to be able to get down there i don't know but there's a bit of me that really would wants to there's the just the little pictures they put out uh the pictures of the pictures if you will um i know exactly where they were in the stadium i've walked past them thousands of times and it's like it's as if they were in my house if you know what i mean they're selling off stuff that i know <laughs> and and those uh even the seats i mean a row of yeah row of 10 was what was it 10 quid or something like that good grief yeah you're not telling me you can't find a use for them i mean henry you've got a new kid on the way i i can't think of a better gift for mrs hewitt than to come back with a row of 10 to 20 padded seats uh, yeah i agree you know, you're not you're not preaching to me, Mark. Well, she suddenly, for some reason, doesn't agree with that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'll just say that actually, if anyone bought one of the dugout seats, you know, when they were selling, they were mm. auctioning them off. I've never seen someone with them. I've not seen like no one's put it on social media. Or, or if if you bought one, can you send a photo into us on the mm. podcast? I really want to see where where have you put it. Is it in your back garden? Is it in your living room? Um, you know, where have you took it on holiday with you? Can you send us a picture of one? Because I'd love to know what people are doing with them. They look like gaming seats, but it also says like office corporate furniture, which has been replaced as part of an upgrade of the hospitality areas within the stadium. There are seats in there. That I know I've fallen off them many times. <laughs> I'm desperate to know whether they're part of them because there's, there's seats in, in the press room that I would love to get rid of. I, I really do hope I've got some new seats. Um, but um, some of the, uh, some of the it says the uh, framed pictures of some of famous past players and some framed and signed shirts of former players with pl- prices starting at 20 quid. So I'm wondering whose framed shirt is going to be 20 quid. It must be... It must be very unsold ones. And that just yeah. makes me want to get them even more. A Ben Amos, for example, or, you know, a Dean Moxie. Imagine having that hanging up in your uh, your garden shed. Oh, yeah, it's like when they, uh, when they start flogging the, you know, when we sold a player, like Dapo Affiliance, yeah. uh, little picture cards in the club shop were going for like 5p or whatever, you know, when we sold them. I'm pretty sure on the picture there that 
It's a Paul Rachubka goalkeeper kit. I mean, imagine owning a Paul, Ch- Paul Rachubka. Oh, I would love it. It's signed as well. Oh, lovely job. I, I, I've got to find some sort of time to get down there because I need one of these things. I, I, I demand I demand somebody buys me one, send, sends it to me. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. That is about as much uh, headlines as I could muster. But you know what I feel? Before we finish, I feel like a game. Do you fancy a game? Yeah. Do you want to play a game with no name? Do you want to play a game with no name? Maybe it's called Will A. Imson. Do you want to play a game with no name? Do you want to play a game with no name? It's a new game. It's a new game. And I'll be honest with you, I've completely lifted the idea from the last leg episode that I watched the other night. So uh, apologies to Josh Whittaker and Adam Hills and, uh, and and Alex Brooker and all that. But I just thought this is a really interesting premise. Um, basically, everybody's talking about AI and what it can do and how it's going to completely replace us all. And we're all just going to be wandering about in the streets whilst AI does everything that we normally do. This podcast, I, I believe in the next few weeks, will just be generated by AI and me and Henry will just be just giggling along in the background. So just just to let you know. Um, but I decided to put AI to the test and I've actually asked chat GBT, GPT rather, um, to generate me three random facts about a Bolton Wanderers player or rather a former Bolton Wanderers player. And I'm going to put you to the test, Henry, to see which one you think is correct and which two they think is true, by the way, but is completely fake and is not true. Okay. So th- there are two fakes in here. This is a bit like, would I lie to you as well? And I believe on the last leg they said, would I lie AI to you, but it didn't work. So I'm, I'm calling this segment uh, Will AIMson. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm open to suggestion for changes on that, by the way, but we'll see. Um, okay, the three the three statements are... <clears throat> it's all about Yossi Askelainen, by the way. Okay. So, Yossi Askelainen would iron his goalkeeping gloves before every match as it was believed it would help him feel more comfortable and ensure his gloves fit perfectly, providing him with the best grip on the ball. That's statement one. Statement two. Before coming to England in 1997, Yossi Askelainen had never used or even seen a checkbook and had to have its use explained to him by the club. That's statement two. And statement three, it was said before every match, Yossi Askelainen would eat a plate of spaghetti bolognese as his pre-match meal. So, which one of those three would you say is correct? I think I can't decide between the ironing the goalie gloves or the spaghetti bolognese, but I'm going to go with spaghetti bolognese. That's the true one. It's an incorrect one. The true one is the checkbook. Would you believe? Oh, wow. Yossi had never used or even had no idea what the premise of a checkbook was when he turned up and lived in the club hotel initially. I found it in an old interview with 442 magazine. Uh, so he, I think was he he was eighteen when he when he signed nineteen. Some, yeah, nineteen. I think he was. Yeah, yeah. When he when he came mm-hmm. over from uh, VPS Vassa. Um, uh, so amazing balls, absolutely amazing. <laughs> Imagine not knowing what a checkbook was. Well, mind you, we don't even use checks anymore. So that, that whole fact has, has ceased to be relevant anymore. Really. 
Yeah, I think uh, if you're a, a modern day player, you could understand it, but not Yossi, who signed, what, 97, 98? So, yeah, uh, yeah well, I, I I loved that. We should play that again. Maybe call it, uh, I don't know, AI the Good Johnson. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to put my uh, my thinking cap on, but basically what we need is uh, an AI jingle, isn't it, Simon Woods? <laughs> just a, maybe just... Can, maybe someone can, AI can write it for him. <laughs> that's do you know what? That's not a terrible idea, that Henry. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, my, my two good ideas. Yeah. Don't use them all up. The the, exactly. It's like uh, it's it's like Cameron Jerome scoring two in three. Now, don't waste them now, Cameron. For Christ's sake, we might need them later <laughs> on. Oh, right. Okay. So we're looking ahead to Salford for this weekend. I hope everybody enjoys the game. I hope that the strikers fill their boots with more goals. Of course, they've scored five against Bradford. If they don't score six against Salford, something is wrong. Um, how about you, Henry? You're looking. You're going, aren't you? You're going to Morlane. I am. Yeah. It takes me uh, it, well five minutes to drive, but probably half an hour to walk down. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's. I, I would. I was going to Moor Lane. I used to live uh, right round the corner to it, a lot nearer than uh, what mm. I do now, and I still live near to it. I, I used to, uh, probably like 10 years ago, 11 years ago. So I used to go down to Moor Lane on a Saturday afternoon with my mate, my housemate, and uh, we'd watch, uh, we'd basically watch final score from the Porter Cabin Bar. <laughs> and then whenever we heard something outside, look out the window to watch Salford. He used to play in Orange then. I think That's right. the, the he got beat 5-2 to Bursko when one of the games I watched him. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm technically a Salford, a Salford OG, as the, the kids like to say. Uh, but, no, I was supporting Bolton this what? time. One of my, well, my first job in journalism was at the Salford Reporter, or went to be the advertiser. So, we used to get the old uh, Salford City secretary, Frank McCauley, his name was, used to send us in reports on a written A4 piece of paper um, with the, you know, whatever had happened at the weekend. And I used to have to sit there. One of my first jobs was on sport was to type the, type out the Salford City match report for the uh, Salford reporter. Um, but I used to go down there every once in a while and they had Rodri Giggs, Ryan Giggs's brother at the time, who was the star yeah. player back in the old Northwest Counties League. They were rubbish until... Yeah. Until the class of '92 turned up and commercialised everything, and then, well, that's that's all we have to say about that. I hope they're there, by the way, because the last time we went to Salford, the the image of Gary Neville looking really miserable was the one that I will take away forever. I think. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was good. That that was nice. But um, yeah, I wonder how because Gary, Gary Neville has been a former Man United player and from Bury. I think. Uh, I, I definitely put his down as not one of Gary Neville's favourite clubs. So mm. uh, maybe he's, he's he's going into the, uh, the dressing room before the game, before the EFL Trophy game, to uh, to rile the players up. <laughs> yes, well, I hope that happens anyway. But uh, yes, I hope everybody enjoys the game. I hope everybody enjoys pre-season. I hope by the time this podcast comes out that Ian Everett has surprised everybody with a hat-trick of Premier League signings and that social media will be a pleasure and a joy to flick through for the next seven days. Uh, don't forget, next Friday we have our official predictions podcast coming out. We go through, well, we go through every single league, really, but mostly League One. 
Go to all the clubs, tell our in-depth, exhaustive knowledge of everybody, including especially Northampton Town. Um, we, you know, we, we, we'd say exactly where we think people will finish, all with a view to 12 months down the line, recycling it into a How Did We Do podcast. Um, this is, yeah, it's called self-generating content, isn't it, Henry? <laughs> it is. In the, in the business, that's what we call it. <laughs> right, okay, uh, until next friday then i've been five signings i'm going to start that again until next friday then i've been mark five signings by the next episode or else we're kicking off aisles and i've been henry i can tell you now i haven't predicted bolson or go down hewitt this has been the buff 